This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, it's your host, Anne Gripper here. Um, you were probably expecting to hear the uh, Pod Save the Queen music rather than me first up. Um, you will hear that very shortly, but I just wanted to let you know before we start that um, we've actually talked about so many things uh, this week that we've split it into two episodes. So there is one episode about all of the serious stuff with um, the Meghan and Harry documentary and the fallout from that and um, touching on the Prince Andrew documentary that was out this week as well. And then there is a very separate episode which is uh, much more focused on uh, William and Kate's uh, tour of Pakistan and uh, speaks to also a a very special guest who um, gives the view from Pakistan and is the designer behind one of the key looks from the tour. So um, I hope you will enjoy both of these episodes. Uh, So if you have a listen right now, this one is the uh, Meghan and Harry documentary episode Pod save the queen hello and welcome back it has been another busy week in royal land and a controversial one as well i am your host Anne gripper here once again with uh one of our old pod save the queen friends sorry russell you're not that <laughs> old but our mirror royal editor russell myers back hello. with us once again and a new friend of the podcast which is very exciting uh express royal editor richard palmer who was away with the cambridges in pakistan and is returned and just about rested I, I am very old as well oh <laughs> how long have you been on the royal beat richard i've been doing it since end of 2003 i think so okay a long time yeah. so what was that in royal context what was happening then the queen mum was still alive no she was she'd already gone by then <clears throat> um william and harry were just out of school really uh, um i think one of, them, one of them at least was doing gap, gap years. years and that kind of thing and charles yes. and camilla had uh, they got married or not yet? Try to remember what, uh, no, what my dates no, are. No, Charles and Camilla. I mean, I, I can remember one of our colleagues saying, "You know, who thinks that Charles and Camilla are going to get married?" And um, most of us didn't think it would happen. Oh. Um, so much has changed over yeah, the years, yeah. and um, I remember as well round about that time that I was um, starting. <clears throat> Edward and Sophie were getting stick for some reason. Um, I, I, I just remember Edward getting off. They were, I think they were going on a skiing holiday and there was a picture of Edward handing one of their children in a, like a, a baby carrier to a, an A to a flunky and he was he was getting slagged off for that. Yeah, he was getting slagged off for that. I, I mentioned that just so you, you can see that it's a bit of a soap opera and they all go through their bad times and their good times. Yeah, and it's it has been a... Um, I mean, Meghan and Harry in the headlines this week. I mean, we were talking about it when we recorded a yeah. week ago. You said, you know, the, the documentary looks like it's going to it's be, be explosive. explosive. And and so it proved. I mean, I don't think your lottery numbers that you then predicted <laughs> were up to much, but thanks thanks well, for the trying to... Where have we checked them? Oh, that's true. I, I didn't mean, even I, put the lottery on. No, I know. It's so going to be gutted if you did win. I had predicted... That it would be explosive, and of course it was. It and then I predicted the lottery numbers, and we don't know if I, even if they were right. Oh, well, that's, that is the really important question today. But anyway, back to actual royal matters. Mm. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, most of our listeners will have, if not seen the documentary, they will have read 
they will have read things about it because it has been extensively covered Absolutely. in the UK and, and around on, the world. And in the States, it was on Wednesday night. So it has, it so has been it aired in aired. the US. Um, I'm fascinated to, hit, to see the US coverage, which I will delve into today, and to see what the reaction has been. Yeah. Because I think it, here it's been uh, pretty split, really. Can you just give us a quick summary of some of the key things some that came out of the key it? moments. For anybody who hasn't, um, who hasn't kind of... So I think one the, 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 main, the main thing was, uh, we, which we hit on first of all, was the Harry confirming that he's had a falling out with William. And that was, you know, what we've been writing for for the best part of a year. The Palace had been at pains to dampen it down, to absolutely outright deny it, haven't they? Well, <coughs> I... Um, Officially. I, I thought they'd always really sidestepped it rather than mm. on the record denied it. Um, just sort of said, well, we don't go into family matters. That's not part of our brief. Um, and uh, but, but it does depend who you speak to. Sure. Some people will say this not really happened and others and give there's a very different response. And there's kind of degrees of it as well, aren't there? Because, you, you know, you can understand that um, going from working directly with someone and living who is your brother and living next door to them pretty much and not having a girlfriend or having a girlfriend who lived in a different country at that stage you're going to spending a, a lot of time together and then if you get married and have a baby you've already got a lot less yeah, you've got out, a lot less out time London, you're move, married. Out, move out Absolutely. of London and it and it does totally change but at the same time when it is when the question was put to him as there has been talk of a rift he didn't just say oh, that what total well, nonsense? We it. just don't. We he just could have squashed it totally. Life changes, we don't and he see said, each other you know, we don't we don't see as much as much each other as we used to, um, and we have good days and we have bad days. I thought it was just quite telling that he said, "Well, he's all, he'll always be my brother, and I'll love him dearly." Well, mm. you know, that's what you would say as your as your sibling, unless they'd completely wronged you, which is not obviously not the the situation. But the fact, the very fact that. We have good days and we have bad days. I thought was very, very telling, and obviously people have latched onto it. I mean, it's again. I think he could have absolutely squashed it. He chose not to. The other thing is, um, in terms of Harry, he has you know, which I thought was um, quite concerning. Really, he's said that he's he just spoke about his mental health and about how he's it's a constant period of management for him, um, which you know he's been quite. Um, honest and open about that in the past but to say I you know I thought I was out of the woods with it but it's something that I need to deal with and that's obviously ongoing I think well, I thought he looked quite tortured to be honest he was probably quite more he seemed more open than Megan Megan was um, I thought she looked absolutely distressed really I mean, she's obviously having quite a hard time being in the public eye and saying about nobody had asked her how she was, that she's you know, struggling with dealing with being a member of the royal family. She's struggling with um, the coverage that she's received. Um, but, but again, I think that I, I'm very, very interested to just know a lot of people's opinions about it because I think the optics of doing a documentary in Africa and then using that as a platform to essentially... Um, tell everybody how difficult you're finding life whilst you have enormous privilege and wealth and fantastic opportunities is um is quite shocking what did you what did you make of what harry was saying about his kind of his struggles and for me the thing that was kind of and probably for a lot of people the the things that are 
triggering for him you know for mo- for a lot of people who struggle with these kind of things you t- you try to get away from the the triggers or at least protect yourself from them but one of the things for him he was talking about is you know the cameras and everywhere he goes that is that is what he will find and he's going to be constantly put through that mill yes <clears throat> i mean i i think first of all f- as a journalist i sort of bridled when he he, he essentially said the press had killed his mother um you know you, it's it's impossible not to have sympathy for him because of what happened um what when his parents split up essentially um but the press didn't kill his mother a drunk driver driving very dangerously albeit to get away from french photographers um killed his mother and um <clears throat> so i think it's important to say that uh I felt, um, yeah, he looked very disturbed. Um, he uh, is somebody who I feel has really lost his way in the last few years. Um, really, since he since he came back from Afghanistan, mm. he um, he got very bored um, <clears throat> as an Apache helicopter pilot based in Suffolk. Um, I think a lot of the other pilots were married with young families and um just living in rural suffolk wasn't the thing for him then he moved on to a a different i mean he created the invictus games which i think is his greatest triumph and you know he should be really proud of doing that but then he seemed to lose his way again and for a while in the army his bosses didn't know where he was you know he wasn't turning up for work or if he was at work he wasn't where they thought he should be um and i think you know it sort of looked to me like a little bit of a perhaps an early midlife crisis he he was he's he just changed his personality changed and he he started talking about and i remember him making a speech at buckingham palace to you know, quotes young people and saying those of us who can no longer count ourselves as young and i to me of course being an old buddy <laughs> daddy, I, you know he still seems very yeah. young and, um but he, he definitely changed and and sort of on official engagements <clears throat> he was no longer this fun loving guy in his 20s who was um joining in with the sports and doing things that were very picture friendly for us um he was just watching um and then giving a lecture to teenagers and, and and people in their 20s. Do you think that was him trying to be royal, trying to grow up sort yes, of consciously? I, I think so. And I, I think William as well was very conscious of that when he, when he started to hit 30, um, that they had to change, you know, they had, there was a bit more gravitas needed. And I, I get that up to a point. Um, but as I say, I do think Harry lost his way a little bit and... Um, when William was getting a lot of stick for being work shy when he was doing a part-time job as a uh, air ambulance pilot, um, I think Harry <clears throat> escaped a lot of criticism around about that time, although he, was, he wasn't doing much more than William. Um, and he escaped it partly because he was a war hero. He'd been out to Afghanistan and he'd created the Invictus Games. He'd created Centre Bali people really respected him and um i think certainly in the media people felt it was it was a, a bad move to criticize him but that's that's all changed in the last two or three years and his 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 aggressive approach to the media um <clears throat> his 
his attitude towards uh, work sometimes, um, I think, it has changed people's perception. And I think, I mean, one thing that did strike me is that compared to the start to their married life that William and Kate had when they, you know, they went and lived in Anglesey and kind of had a, they 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 had a chance to build their their new life together and have some space and you know she was out down at Waitrose pushing mm. the shopping trolley and they just they there wasn't an expectation on them at that stage initially to be full-time working royals because William was William was a helicopter pilot they were new there was you know the, the queen was a bit younger and still yes. doing more prince philip was still working um probably it was still in the phase of bedding Camilla into really being a very active part of the royal family. It's probably eight years ago now when, when William and Kate got married and they, they had a little bit longer before they had their first child. I mean, they, they'd been together a lot longer before they got married, but they did have that space to you know go live in a cottage in Wales and not really worry about things. And then when they had George, they were already kind of Norfolk. You know, they, w- mm. they weren't in the the bubble and they weren't in the immediate expectation of being full-time on show working royals all the time and I mean it's been different for Kate in her subsequent pregnancies I think where she has gone you know she's kind of taken maternity leave from royal duties somewhat more and then and then got back to it but but you know you and I are relatively recently married, not to each other, but <laughs> our partner. Imagine that. Oh, Russell. Oh, you thought you always quite liked me. <laughs> not like that. No need to call HR. Oh, dear. We've gone down a tunnel here. Anyway, you know, it does, you know, getting married, is a, it's a big thing. It should be a big thing. It is, you know. It they is just, they've been on just fast forward, I think. And that's a real big thing. And mm. somebody did say to me, you know, having being a newlywed, having a child, and all the pressure of they—I mean, they're they're doing quite a lot, and yeah, she's yes. you know making up for lost time, even though she only had what four or five months off maternity leave, and, and she's, she's got a new country exactly. And I understand that, and not having her best mates around and moving out to Windsor, which must be utterly bizarre if you've moved to a new country and then you've been living in London, living in Kensington, and suddenly you're living in the sticks. Mm. I, I mean, I get that, but th- th- I think maybe they need to p- pull away a bit, and maybe this is why they're having this six-week um, holiday. Well, yeah, I think... It, which will probably do them some good, to be honest, and they probably do need it, because absolutely. they're getting an absolute mm. um, battering from all sides, I think, at the moment, and they they they, they just can't deal with it. Mm. And what's been the, the reaction from the from the palace in terms of in terms of the documentary i mean do we know whether they saw it before it went out or were aware of what was in it or to any degree and and kind of how what have they said about it because some of some of what megan said has been in, at least been interpreted as kind of a bit of an implicit criticism of the royal family that may you know who are these people who didn't ask her how she was is that the media when she's at events is that people when she's at events or is it actually the people she's spending her time with all the time which is well, I, I, asked, family. I asked one of um, the couple's advisors about that and uh, <coughs> this person was at pains to say that it, it wasn't that comment wasn't directed at members of the royal family and that it was more about you're suddenly this figure who um, you know you walk into a room and the whole room goes quiet and everybody's eyes are fixed on you and 
the um, the expectation. I nearly said the word protocol then, which is <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I go I go mad when I see words pro- the word protocol bandied around a lot. But the expectation is that um, they will speak when they're spoken to, almost, and that um, you will the, the royal family member will be the one leading the conversation if you like and so it was explained to me that it was more about her being in that position and and so you know you're out meeting families and the expectation is that you're the one asking the family young families how are you doing rather than them asking you that's that's interesting and that kind of um setup of how you know them being the the leader of the conversation or waiting for it to happen they they try or their best moments always seem to be when they're kind of informal and friendly and trying to operate as equals as much as as much as royals can I mean we, I think we saw it in quite a funny way at the um at the event at the Albert Hall earlier this week when you know this lady's going up to meet Megan goes in for a curtsy and Megan's already gone in for the hug yeah. and you end up yes. in this kind of slightly mismatched <laughs> where she's headbutting her tummy and it's just and it's just awkward but that it perfectly kind of illustrated the expectation of royal versus the kind of people they they feel they are or the way they want to be because i think that was as well in the um in the documentary like the words they kept both of them used things like you know natural or real or authentic Authentic. and like they're trying to authentic is a word you hear so often Mm. um i mean i you know go, go back to end of 2016 i think it was um when harry was doing Commonwealth tour in the Caribbean and um, had a chat then with one of his advisors who said the Commonwealth is going to be this big thing in the future but authenticity authentic were words that were used all the time then and it's very much their thing but almost talking about it in that way it's like you're trying to work out what that means that's what this is what I took from it that you're trying to work out what it means to you and who you are and how that they and you're quite know. sort of involved in your own head. Mm. Am I am I being true to myself? And you can kind of you can drive yourself a little bit crackers. I think that's enough, what's I happening. Think. They don't know themselves, and they don't know what their role is. And he's obviously tr- trying to find it. He has, still hasn't found. When did he leave the army? I think it was 2015. So I was, about, I was yeah. about to say three, four, four years, yes. so four years, and he still ha- hasn't found his role even though it does seem quite set out you've got Invictus you've got this stuff with the Commonwealth Megan is an absolute dream like you know when we've seen her do speeches on tour I'm in absolute awe of her she's a fantastic orator she captivates a room I mean I, I, I he's obviously struggling with just being doing the role and he just I, it doesn't seem that he just doesn't want to do it and I think that that is then affecting her because if they could just be this huge power couple and making a real success out of everything and it seems as though his attitude is kind of complicating her view on what the role is and I think it's it's it's, it's quite it's it was you know uh, it's difficult to watch it was difficult to watch I was very much <coughs> Taken with a, a piece that appeared in our paper, actually, mm. one, of the, one of the features writers, Elizabeth Archer, wrote a piece interviewing a, an expert at Great Ormond Street um, about um, the four stages of grief. Mm. And um, in, in the middle of that piece was the suggestion that um, if you've got unresolved issues from childhood grief and you then 
get married and have your own kid, then that can bring all of those unresolved issues to the fore. Mm, mm. And so obviously I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whatever, but that seems to me quite a convincing explanation for what's gone on with Prince Harry's in the in the last couple of years. I mean, he just he has been speaking quite a lot of his responsibilities now that he is a father, and yet that's that's becoming this constant vein of what he's speaking about. And I think that weighs very very heavily on him that he's now got this responsibilities to not give Archie the kind of upbringing that he had. So that's why they've moved out to Windsor. That's why he hasn't taken titles. That's why he wants a completely different life and set of values and you know lessons for, for his own child. And that is obviously massively, massively affecting him. And I think it's one of the things that I find sad about, you know, if William and Harry aren't able to be as close as they have been in the past, you know, at a time when if there is anybody that knows what Harry has gone through with losing his mother the only person with any form of similar experience is William and if at at this time when Harry is struggling more he can't access that relationship with his brother in the same way as he could before for whatever reasons whether it's circumstances or whether because you know they don't feel as close or they have had an actual proper you know bust up that they need to cool off from what whatever mm. whatever degree of of distance it is that must just make dealing with all of that even harder mm. and it you know he he was that he was he was younger when his mother died and he he does he he everyone i mean that's i think that's why everyone was so delighted when harry had you know he found the woman that he wanted to spend his life with in megan and everyone was so was so happy for him because you know he he was he was the little boy who was who'd lost his mum and had he kind of you know the, the whole country adopted him essentially mm. i mean he's basically yes and I mean, let's let's be honest you know she's she's great you know f- for us in the media she's great cause she makes great copy she's glamorous very picture friendly um and so i think you know there was there was a huge amount of um warmth towards the couple um when they when when they got together and when they got married and um i think some of that goodwill has been lost though in the last in the last few months and I think that the in terms of the family's reaction to the documentary, Russell, I know you you've written a bit about it before as well. Like in terms of the families, yeah, I think they've you know they've, they've found it quite distressing to watch. Um, from what I'm told, there's a great deal of it was put to me as deeply concerned, and I think across the board, like on an emotional, personal on level, an emotional worried level, about them, yeah, absolutely worried, worried about, about them as people, not yeah. about and that's what been quoted, this means to the family. You know, a, a source told um, the BBC this week that William was. Um, was worried um, he, that he hopes that they're all right. I mean, they've spoken. The boys have spoken after William watched the documentary. Um, certain words were exchanged about it. I think that across the board, obviously Charles has been in Japan, and um, no doubt he'll he'll want to to speak to Harry before he they they go away on this break. And maybe I I, I don't know who's obviously advised them or when this decision to take this time off. But it, it's obviously. Um, something that they've been advised on to, to they really need to take a step back and then talk about going to Thanksgiving for in America, which you know, just go and do something wholesome, nice. family time, and, f- and kind of fun. Find yourself. I've, I've been saying this, you know, when people have asked me and I've commented on it, and I don't think they look like they're having fun either. And and the difference, and we'll obviously speak to Richard about 
um, the Pakistan tour, everyone, and I, I wasn't there, unfortunately, but every correspondent I've spoken to who was there said how much fun William and Kate were. They, they were fantastic to be around. They looked like they were having fun. They just are very... Of course, they are. They've been doing this a, a lot longer. But again, it, at its basis, if you're just relaxed and you're enjoying what you're doing, then it would you you'd sense a reason to become a little bit easier, and then you will just settle into the role. And I think Harry just looks like him, you know, scowling at us whenever we're on engagements. Megan seems to she was very quite relaxed in um, in Africa and looked like she was trying to enjoy it. And she's she's fantastic to to watch and to to be around. But he he just doesn't look like he's he, he's enjoying anything. So some of our um, some of our listeners have been leaving comments on our um, post on Instagram. I've been a bit busier on there this You've, week. You are. So um, so thanks for everybody who has been liking posts and uh, commenting at Instagram.com slash pod save. Do come and join us if you're not over there already. Um, and obviously there will be a picture of the new cast uh, for this for today's episode going out there. So uh, you'll be able to see my, my friends Russell and Richard on there with me. Um, so uh, it's only me underscore Anna said, Harry and Meghan made the right decision in speaking out. They support numerous charities advocating for not suffering in silence and being honest about your feelings. They were asked, they replied truthfully. Um, this is part of what she said. Uh, KW Vance said, I'm struggling with this. The timing seems odd. It seems like it was made specifically to solicit the empathy of the general public as they came out with their litigation. I also have a difficult time fully empathising. They do not have to be royals. Harry could give up his title and they could be private citizens. If it is as terrible as they are saying, then why are they electing to stay in the public? There are now several heirs into an outdated royal family. Harry keeps saying it's a job. They could try different jobs. So, what's, I mean, what's could, your view, Rich, on that? Could, if could it, they quit could, the royal family they, if they wanted they? to? If what, they decided what, what it wasn't for the, them? The, uh, well, I, I can see it happening. I mean, I, mean, mm, I definitely. You, the, it's it's possible at the moment. I think to to look at what they've said. I mean, it, I think an aspect we didn't discuss actually in that documentary was Meghan essentially saying um, they're in really only existing. They're not enjoying yeah. life. It's not enough to serve. It's, it's not enough to survive. You've got to thrive. It, kind of exactly, and which, which opened up the the door to um, them choosing a different life in future. Mm. I think mm. and. Uh, Certainly, if you speak to their office, um, that you'll be told that that's in no way being mm. considered at the moment. But I certainly wouldn't be surprised. And it looks to me almost as if they're creating a narrative that will al- allow them to justify doing exactly that at some later point. To say, look, you know, our lives were made hell. Um, we, we were just so unhappy. Absolutely, we, we were better off getting out of it and going to live in Los Angeles or going to live in. Uh, or you know the alternative is going to live in Africa and finding some which he spoke about as well. He, yeah, he kind of put a bit him. of distance. He, well, from he just it. said, "Well, we could base ourselves in Cape Town, but obviously there's a, there's a it's fraught with problems at the moment, and there's obviously a lot of things going on in South Africa in terms of the, the crime and violence and political situation. But I could." You know, th- I think they've just laid the foundations by yes. both putting it out there. Mm. That no, yes. no, no doubt in my mind that that will happen. So, did you read what, it as they'd like to be out there, but it's just working out the logistics of it? Of well, possibly. But what he also did acknowledge was that um, they wouldn't have the same platform um, if they were living abroad like like that. And being part of the firm, being a central part of 
the royal family's offering um, does give them an incredible ability to change people's lives and, and really affect positive change in the world. So I think that must be what they're really wrestling with at the moment in that, you know, they are clearly very... Um, I don't mean like political, political, but you know they care about issues. They do, you know, it's clear they care. They care about. They care about you know education and environment, and it it means a lot to to both of them. And you know the Invictus Games that that Harry set up, and that kind of passion for for things that matter essentially. And um, so knowing that if you carry on doing this role, you've got a better chance of you know really making a big difference. But can you? Can you live with kind of the human cost to yourself and your your family and your happiness of mm. of doing it? So, so how, do, how do we think it would work? They they would just say we've had enough. We are. He renounced. I think. What do you do? You renounce your title. You just say I'm out. Yeah, I mean, they could. I mean, in theory, they could do. Um, I mean, the the option of almost a halfway house, if you like, of living in Africa. Mm. Um, I just don't see how that would work in the sense that. Would British taxpayers pay, pay for the cost of having round-the-clock security, security protection yeah. for them uh, out living out there? I, you know, I think it would just be so expensive. It would be very difficult to I justify. Think be, it would be even, it would be highly criticised as well. And it's it's a again, you're part of the firm. It's part of duty. You know, the Queen's obviously said that we've all, we've all made sacrifices for this job, and and unfortunately, that you know, I think they that's what they need to to realise. And I think the that kind of that. You know, money complicates everything, right? If somebody mm. is, if you lend, if you lend money to a friend, it can complicate, you know, a significant amount of money. It's going to complicate mm. that relationship. If somebody is paying you money to do a job, whether that's you know your boss or you know however many, however many million taxpayers there are in the country, you know they feel like you know I can uh, I can ask you to do something because I am I'm paying your wages or paying your you know your allowance from the crown or whatever it might be, so. You know, and I know someone. Someone who, when we were talk, talking about this document, said, "Well, you know, don't spend two million quid on your cottage, and we can start having these conversations, type thing." And it's that kind of again, again on that point, which which actually is an interesting thing because I think that is part of why um, the people in Britain have a slightly different relationship to the royal family compared to how you know people who might be in America or Australia or, well, or wherever you might be listening it, it just is see different. Celeb- it's a celebrity isn't it they don't understand necessarily the the concept of the royal family please do correct us if we're wrong listeners I, I, mean, I, 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 I mean yeah p- please do but I think that they they don't necessarily across the but I know this sweeping generalization but there's it's seen as a, ce- a celebrity culture rather than a royal family by duty and doing exactly what they do. But on that point, I think that one of the issues that I do have with with them saying, um, criticising negative coverage, saying about how awful they're finding it, that they didn't necessarily say specifics. I mean, if she'd have come out and said the way that my family have been treated or that, you know, they've courted my father and they've, that the British press have ruined my relationship with my father, I think that potentially people may have had a bit more... Some people may have a bit more sympathy for them, but I think to have a sweeping generalisation of we are being attacked when that really isn't the case, I think some of the, the coverage has been absolutely blinding for them. And overall, since they, you know before they got married, their marriage, the tours have been massively successful. Yeah. And then and then afterwards, they put the you know Harry, Harry puts his statement out, and that's all everybody mm. was talking about it. And it was such a shame. It was such a shame. It was literally everybody was doing a rap 
that day, weren't they? Absolutely. Either Big in print or broadcast saying what a fantastic success that tour to Africa had been. And, it all and they've changed it. And they've, ch- and they've changed people's opinions. Yes. They, they seem to finally be um, enjoying it again. It was a fantastic tour. And then they just turn around and absolutely, you know, nuked it. <laughs> Purposely as well, I think. Yeah. And this is, yeah. you know, it's, it's all, it's n- none of this is done by accident. Um, one other uh, documentary this week mm. that was uh, shown in the UK's Channel 4's Dispatches, they took a look at um, Prince Andrew's relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, which we touched on yes. briefly when we returned from our summer break because it had been rumbling on kind of through through the summer. And, you know, you said at the time, you know, they've this is not something that is going to go away. This is going to keep keep mm. coming back and um this is ongoing. you know the, is there is a limit to how much we can feel sure. comfortable saying because you know i'm sure that the dispatches program will have gone through many many uh hours of kind of legal revisions and that kind of thing to make sure they're happy with it because in the uk we have a different legal system compared to the us where perhaps they would it would be easier for us to have a very frank conversation about yes. what was going on but we have to be quite careful about what we're saying but in terms of you know it kind of revisited the allegations put together some archive clips yeah. and, and there were some new lines in it as well. There was uh, essentially the, the program is billed as the most complete picture yet. I mean, that was you know, probably a fair assessment. Really, they had um, it was basically discussing the relationship between obviously Andrew <coughs> and Epstein, and revealing um, documents such as flight logs. They had an address book from Epstein. Details that uh, Andrew and Epstein had met at least ten times between '98 and 2010. Bizarrely, Epstein had 13 num- different numbers for Andrews, covering you know, several different ways to reach him. Um, and then obviously details about the allegations surrounding whether Andrew had had sexual relations with um, Virginia Roberts. And, you know, her, her kind of famous statement in terms of what she said when she was asked, something like, he knows what he's done. Yes. Which is, it's, you know. Staggering. It's <laughs> it's to yeah. s- to say that something about like that about the royal family, you know, it it goes back to you know how how a question is asked and how it's how it's then answered and just sometimes you, you know, it's what what is not said is. Mm. I mean, be, for for, for, the, for the policies part, there's I mean, there's still obviously um, Andrew's denied any wrongdoing. He's previously previously said he was appalled by Epstein's crimes, in, you know, emphatic denials that he'd had any form of sexual contact with Virginia Roberts, and any claim to the contrary is false without foundation. But it is the issue that isn't going away. Um, so there's a good explainer about all of this on um, on Forbes.com if anyone wants to have a look at it. I mean, it's it was it was very interesting, very interesting doc. I'm probably still not going to go away, but I think if you're the Queen and you're 90, 90 and some, and you've been, <coughs> and uh, everything seemed to be on quite an even keel a couple of years ago, and you could probably think, you know, Prince Prince Philip retiring, this is just fine. <laughs> everything we've got the, you know, everything's swimming along just dandy, and then this is, I mean, it's not. This is not the the depths of despair of some you know years of the past but it's not been the the smoothest no, year I mean for it's her. probably not it's obviously not as bad as 92 or 97 um but it has been a pretty dreadful year for the royal family i think you know this these really been three themes g- going on through the last three months is andrew and epstein on one harry and Meghan sort of constant toing and froing on that and then the third thing which has slightly gone away these last week couple of weeks but is the constitutional crisis and what that says about the queen over all the brexit stuff that um jason Beatty has kind of filled us in about in a kind of yes. few, few previous episodes with you yes. know the prime minister 
misleading the Queen, as as was ruled by the courts and all this kind of stuff. And yes, yes, and but it, it's really raised some important questions about our head of state and whether in this, I mean, it is a very unusual situation, but whether a head of state um, should be something more than just a puppet of her prime minister. Big, big questions. Um, I think for this part of the episode, we'll leave it here, give people a little break, and we'll mm. talk separately about um, about Pakistan and put together a separate package um, because there's been an awful lot to say and uh, we will... Um, you know, let's have our pint, our pint in two halves, as my uh, oh. as my mum likes to say. <laughs> which I mean, I mean, Russell Russell likes a pint as a whole yeah, usually, but you know, we'll have a special time. <laughs> so, um, yes, a a more controversial week for the royal family. Um, and but do join us to to talk about the uh, the insides of uh, the Pakistan tour, which hopefully Richard can fill us in on. And we also have an exciting interview with one of the designers behind one of the key looks. So do listen out for that episode. Um, come and find us on Instagram, and we will see you very soon. Until next time. Pod save the Queen!